Welcome to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm one of your hosts today, Dr. Justin Short. The Lifestyle Practice is where we get to help doctors build their practice in life and eventually see them do extraordinary things. And that's what we love to do. So the format of today's episode is going to be interviewing our partner, Matt Vogt, who seems to have a lot of good stuff going on right now in his practice and with his clients and in life in general. So we're going to talk about that today. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great, my man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for that intro. I feel, I feel honored. That was my goal. I always try to honor people on this podcast. <laughs> uh, much appreciated. That's my much appreciated. So let's kick it off. So Matt, tell me what's going on in your world right now. Let's start with your practice, your associate. Um, I know she came back from maternity leave in January. Where are things at now with you guys? Yeah, let's just jump right into it. Um, thanks for having me on your episode here. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> well, yeah, in my in my practice right now, I feel like uh, I feel like we're really starting to come into our own as a two doctor practice with with my associate, like you mentioned. She's been back for for most of the year after having her first child, and we're still in growth mode. We're about to add an, uh, a full-time hygienist, which will bring us to three hygienists uh, four days a week. But I think this is about the furthest I'd like to grow the practice at this point in life. And honestly, I I, I never thought I'd really say that. Interesting. I never knew I'd hear that. But uh, <laughs> I get it. Expand on that, what that means to you. I mean, I know 100% sure. what that is, but tell us a little bit more what that means for you. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's been interesting. Don't don't get me wrong. I still I still bust my butt when I'm in the office, uh, but I'm starting to get this feeling and and perspective of what's enough, and and I think that's just come from you know the years of of building the practice, seeing seeing its success, obviously growing from the from the failures and and continuing to push on. And I think knowing what's enough. And having enough is kind of the ultimate lifestyle practice. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about building something that serves your lifestyle in addition to your patients, you know, it's funny as as an entrepreneur and, and a business owner, you can get into this mode where you're just so focused on growth and improvement and optimization. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it can consume you. I'm sure you've felt that. And I'm sure some of our friends listening are are feeling that right now. And, and even now, I struggle with shutting that part of my brain down when I'm supposed to. Yeah. My startup's been open for over five years now, and it's been a huge focus of my life over those five years and the years prior, laying all the groundwork. But lately, I've come to realize that I just don't need to be as constantly turned on or constantly scared or wondering what's going to happen next. And I guess, you know, it's just starting to become a bit more comfortable and Still working hard to achieve goals, but shifting priorities from, oh my gosh, I've got to grow, grow, grow this practice and creating massive stress and instead prioritizing having a bit more energy to direct in other directions. Does that make sense? Yeah. And like I said, I think that's the ultimate lifestyle practice, not creating an office that you never have to work at and can just cash a check passively from other people's work but one that fits into your life and what you want to do and achieve both in dentistry and outside of dentistry. 
you create something that provides for what you need and your family, you define when you have enough and that just creates so many choices in life. Yeah. I can relate on all levels. You know, I think for me, there's, there's definitely been times in my life and I've talked about it before in the podcast where I've been out of balance, you know, because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't create something extraordinary by doing average, putting in average effort. It takes that extra work to there by create something very successful and extraordinary. But once you get there, it's not for most of us, it's not just a button. You're like, okay, I'm there. I'll turn this off, you know, <laughs> right. because that just, that becomes who you are. Um, you know, and I think Derek's recent uh, podcast telling his story, I'm sure he's the same way as, you know, he just told he's been going since he was young and he created something ex- extraordinary, just like you have, just like Steve has, just like a lot of our clients have. But then there's got to become a point where it doesn't mean you don't work, but you got to, got to enjoy mm-hmm. what you have built as well. And, it's, and the answer isn't always grow, grow, grow. The answer isn't always either just go sit on a beach every day. I mean, that's, that gets boring after about 48 hours for me. <laughs> so, you know, what, what are some things you have done to start shifting things that way in your practice in life? Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. Um, a lot of it has been to try to prioritize the people and the and the energy around me in the office, making sure that team members are happy, making sure that they're the right fit, but honestly, making sure that they're just good, genuine, hardworking, honest people. And also making sure that every day when I walk in the office, I'm ready to uphold those expectations for myself too. And there's plenty of days just like we all have where I just don't feel like doing dentistry today. It's a beautiful spring day. You know, I'd love to be doing something else. But I've realized that even if I'm there less in the office with my other doctor working, I've got to bring that energy. I've got to bring the vibe that I want out of the office each each day. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of folks get this um, idea that when they look at people who, you know, they want to have a practice like or life like or reach a level of success those people have reached they think those people like man they must just love getting up and going to the office every day they must mm-hmm. love doing dentistry and managing people every day and nothing could be further from the truth you know i always tell my clients it's not what separates us it's not the fact that those people just don't have those feelings they all have them it's what we do with those feelings how do we persevere and push through and what motive, what do we trick ourselves with to motivate us to get us through that? Because I felt like that crap, probably 50% of the time. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I got somewhere else I'd rather be. But it didn't matter because I wasn't there yet. And I had to become that person. I had to reach a level that I could go and do whatever I want, whenever I wanted. But it, you know, it doesn't come easily and it doesn't happen overnight. So kind of piggybacking off what you were just talking about with your team. I know I had just seen on the TLP Facebook group that you recently had to fire someone who wasn't holding up their end of the bargain in your office. Tell us a little bit about that. I know that's something a lot of docs deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the reason I posted that is because I, I, I wanted to 
put that out there and say, hey, you're probably feeling these same types of things. And, you know, we at TLP, we, we talk openly about our practices, but we're not perfect. <laughs> we have to still put in the work. We have to make tough decisions. And, and yeah, I, that's why I posted on the Facebook group about this. And I, I did have to let someone go in my office this week. And even though it needed to happen, I felt awful all weekend just thinking about it. I, I felt sick to my stomach. Um, oh my gosh, the whole day. I, I was just, I was a wreck. I should have done it much sooner, but I, I hemmed and hawed for a long time, making up excuses for why slightly subpar work was acceptable and always giving the benefit of the doubt and, and honestly wanting to avoid the hard work of replacing a team member. Uh, something that I've realized as my practice has gotten to where it's at is I thought when that happened that there would be less hard decisions, less hard work, and things would almost become more on autopilot. And I kind of like was just wanting that to happen in the last year or two where maybe I wasn't making tough decisions. Maybe I wasn't pushing or leading the, the pushing myself or leading my team the way I should, because I was just trying to avoid the hard work. Mm -hmm. And that was at play here. And if, if you follow us at TLP, you know that Derek and I love Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle is the Way. And it's true. Usually the things we should be doing in life are the toughest, but running headfirst into that obstacle is almost always the right decision. This employee, they were, they were a nice person. They did a pretty good job, but I knew deep down and finally made the call that it just wasn't the right fit. And it was beginning to affect my other team members and our office culture. Yeah. That's a dead give giveaway there. You know, letting someone go is, is always tough and never, I didn't have to do it a ton, but it was never easy. But once you know deep down that they have to go, you have to do it. Because burying your head in the sand or looking the other way isn't going to help anyone. And really, it's not fair to the right people to keep the wrong people around. And for me, I'd often, because everyone struggles just like you did with this, mm -hmm. just like I did, just like we all do. And for my clients, when we're kind of wrestling through, like, they're like, I don't know if I should do it, or I know I should do it, but man, it's so hard. I always try to break it down to the lowest common denominator. And that is, we have this person in your office, in your business that is holding you back in some way, correct? Yes. You know, is that affecting the office? Yes. When the office is affected, does that, you know, when some part of the office is affected, does that affect everything in the office? including often the profit it produces. Yes. So not everyone, but many clients want profit to buy time, mm -hmm. often to spend with those they love. So ultimately, if we break it down as far as we can, the wrong person in the office is robbing you of time now or in the future with the ones you love. And I think when it comes down to that, you know, like me, you can, you can, you can make fun of me. You can call me names. You can do whatever you want to me, but don't hurt my family. Yeah. And I think when we break it down to that, that low, you know, where they're stealing time away that you could be having with those, your kids, your wife, your husband, your whatever in the future. And they're like, okay, you're right. They got to go. And that's, that's for me, what I would often tell myself. I, that, I did something similar. That's, <clears throat> that's really powerful. 
I got to the point where when I brought on my associate and when I was out of the office, I just kind of assumed I'd be able to be out of the office and living my life. Hmm. Well, it was actually, it, it's, it's been much harder <laughs> to be out of the office when there was someone there who I, I knew deep down wasn't the right fit. Sure. Um, and, and having a, you know, an effect on the rest of the team and effect on my, my business, which is extremely important to me and my life and my family. And so it became more stressful. And I found myself going to bed, waking up, wondering what's going to go on at the office today when I'm not there. Hmm. <laughs> there were times where I'm like, this is great. My schedule's awesome. I'm, you know, able to take today off and work with my clients and work to, you know, better TLP and, and improve that aspect of my career and my life. But I, I was like, I just want to be there. I just, I, I can't stand being out of the office because I'm just the, the not knowing or waiting by my phone to see what issue came up that, that shouldn't have come up. Uh, it was killing me. It's not like I've done a ton of firing over the years and, and, and it's not like this was all coming from this one person, but it was just so much stress that was getting put on me. And when I was mulling it over with my wife, she said, you know, you've never regretted firing someone too soon but you've definitely regretted waiting too long. Hmm. I looked across the dinner table at her and I was like, damn, that was, that was, that cut me deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was super, super powerful. But, you know, walking into the office yesterday, I could tell the mood was lighter. I could tell that a bit of a, of a weight was lifted and there was an immediate slight culture shift and making, making that tough decision showed the rest of the team that they were important and that the culture right. that they're working towards was important. And that's just as important or even more important as the, the selfish things that, that I want out of this too. Sure. Yeah. And I'd say I hear that response 99.99% of the time that the whole office has changed. You don't realize how much this person um, is affecting everything, but it does, you know, Chain's only as strong as its weakest link. And I don't think I've ever had or have heard of, you know, from any of the ones I've worked with, someone regret letting that person go. And for those of you listening, you know who that person is because if you are listening right now, that person is the one you're trying not to think about, that you're trying to convince yourself, they're not talking to me. Sally isn't that bad. Mm -hmm. So don't ignore it. And a lot of this comes down to weighing the pros and cons of the situation too. I, I know we want to be profitable. I know we get scared when we think about these, letting somebody go, oh, you know, how will my office manage in the interim or what's that going to look like? And, and certainly we agree that we're not saying to, you know, just go firing everybody who does one thing wrong. No. Or you don't, you don't like how they look at you that day. That's certainly not what we're saying, but at some point it is, it, you've just got to have the confidence and the, the introspection to say, what will I accept? What will my team accept? And what is okay uh, yeah. from, from my business and my office and my team and make those tough decisions. Cause this was one of the, in the six years of practice, I mean, this was probably the toughest thing I've ever had to do, but I just, I know it was the right call and that took a lot. It, it took a lot to get there. Right. That's why we make the big bucks. It's not because we can do a crown or a filling. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff's easy. It's these decisions that we have to 
do, execute, and then lead the rest of the team through these situations where we earn our keep, in my opinion. You know, and at the end of the day, we get what we tolerate. If we tolerate a team that's mediocre and we'll settle for not the best, that's where we're going to get. And I know that's what none of us want. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Let's uh, let's lighten it up. What's something <laughs> positive going on in your practice recently that has helped you reach this point that you're arriving to? You know that things are going well, but also the answer isn't always more, more, more. Yeah, you know, people on the internet, I guess, and in whatever circles you're a part of, they love to throw out these horror stories about associates. But I've got to say, finding a good associate to work with has been one of the best decisions of my career. My associate, she was a classmate of mine a few years younger in dental school at IU, and we knew each other a bit and went to uh, an ASDA conference together with a group. And so we had been in touch um, over the years, and then she was looking for a position closer to home here in Indianapolis. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's just worked out so wonderfully. Most weeks, our office is open Monday to Thursday. And she works three days clinically and I work two days. So we'll overlap one day a week. And then sometimes I'll go in on other days to do large cases or surgeries. But on that one day a week where we overlap, it is like awesome. (laughs) We look at cases together. I just have another doc to kind of BS with in between patients. And we just support each other. It's it's worked out wonderfully. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect with this or... And I'm not going to say that it's been easy to implement an associate in my practice because it definitely has not been. It's been a ton of work and a lot more than I expected it to be. And it's a lot more work than you probably think it's going to be if you're listening to this. Um, It is certainly not, oh, I'm going to get an associate and work exactly how much I want to and, you know, make money from their work and life will be grand. Uh, That is not the case. But I think something that's worked well is that I made a point to prioritize her success and her growth from the get-go. I try to feed her cases when I can. Um, the, The moment she walked in, I wanted her to have as much on her schedule as possible. And I just try to support her in any way I can. I've never once thought about how what she is doing is benefiting me. And that's the honest truth. I secretly kind of said to myself when she was starting, I want this to be a lifestyle associateship for her. I want it to rock. She just had her first child at the end of last year and wanted to take a full three-month maternity leave. So I sucked it up and busted butt to cover for her because I know she would do the same for me. And after that, she said, you know, I love working three days a week. I know I said I might want to work more, but this is awesome. So I said, awesome. You're working three days a week instead of four. Uh, when she says she'd like to take vacation, awesome. I'll cover, I say, I'll cover every day that week. We seem to have this mutual respect. And I said from from the get-go that I was going to help prioritize making her role one that she could succeed in and not seeing her as someone who's there for my benefit. All right. It's good perspective. I think a lot would benefit from having that perspective. It kind of reminds me of uh, Zig Ziglar's, I believe it was him, that said, you can have everything you want if you help enough people get what they want. 
And that's often the mindset that I see in a lot of the best offices. I see it's not by coincidence. You know, we just heard Derek, not to keep blowing smoke up Derek's skirt, but <laughs> we just heard Derek share his story about, you know, the rawness and, you know, regarding the relationships with his team. And, uh, you know, I still text with my team and it's been five years. You know, I sent my office manager a Christmas bonus this last year just because I wouldn't have the life I have today without her then. And you don't often see offices excel when you go into it all me, 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 me. So. Absolutely. And, and I don't want this to sound like I'm taking credit for everything. Uh, she's just a great person and a, and a great clinician. So all credit to her. If you know her and, you know, send this episode to her because I, I think the world, uh, I think the world of her. But I, I contrast this with all the perspective of oh, I'm going to hire an associate so I can take more time off and, and make money off their work. I, I think that's so lame. <laughs> and it, it's such an awful way to go into having an associate. And, and if you have that type of plan, I think it'll burst into a ball of flames for you, honestly. Yeah, yeah a lot more goes into it than that. You know, does... Does having an associate give you the potential to take more time off? Sure. Can it make your practice more profitable and create more owner income if done the right way? Sure. But if that's what you're prioritizing right off the bat, you're going to have a hard time with it. You know. But I will also say it's, it's not the only way. A lot of docs contact us saying, I'm not producing enough. I can't take any time off. So I guess I need an associate. But often there are many levers we can pull to increase profit, take more time off without having an associate also, if that's not something you want to do. You know, I've seen them be great and I've seen it be not so great. Um, just like single docs office. You know, there are some that are great and some that are not. And I think it comes down to, for me, when it comes to associateships, number one, it comes down to leadership, which I think usually everything comes down to leadership. And then it comes down to that associate, you know, just like there are good and bad docs, there are good and bad associates and you have to have both. And if you do, it can be awesome. But I also always tell docs, it's not the only way to make more money and to have more time off. So hundred percent. And you guys are the, you know, you, you did that so well, staying single doc office and, and having the time in your life to, to do what you wanted to do outside of the office. But a couple more thoughts on, on associates and the associate model. I think you talk about it not being the only way to do the things we just talked about. I agree with you, but I also think having a plan and hashing out if you are planning on having an associate in the future is important. And that could just be a goal. Right. You know, it could be something that, Hey, a couple years down the road, I want to have this because it's going to help you make decisions in your practice. For example, when I started my practice, I knew the, the name of my practice is the dentists at Gateway Crossing. I knew we would be a multi-doctor practice. Yep. And so it helped me build the practice the correct size with eight operatories. It helped me kind of imagine how my team would be working with not just me. And as this got closer and closer, I could have, I, my practice got to the point where I was like, heck, I could cut back my days, kind of do what Justin, Derek, and Steve do, work three days a week, take a week off each month, et cetera, et cetera. 
But as this got closer, you know, really for like a year beforehand, I continued to work three and a half days. And in the back of my head, I said, I've got to keep building this up so that I can bring someone in and have them be busy enough versus just, you know, if I were there three days a week working maybe nine days a month and then tried to bring in someone else maybe for three days a week, that would have been very difficult. But having that plan ahead of time. Yeah, big time. What what having uh, my associate in the office helped with is it really helped me clarify my leadership of the team and our team culture because when I wasn't there, you know, she's working and I'm not in the office, things would come up, you know, this, this thing happened or this, uh, we had this breakdown in communication today, or she would let me know, Hey, this person's not really doing what they're supposed to be doing. It helped me realize what we would accept and and not accept in the office because let's face it, things are different or they can be different when, when an owner's in the office versus an associate. So I've made a lot of decisions in, in my leadership of, of the team and what I'm doing based on what she deserves. I'm like, I can't tolerate this or I, we need to do this differently because I want my associate to have a great position where she doesn't have to worry about these types of things when she's trying to do dentistry. And I didn't expect that to happen, but that's been kind of interesting. Yeah. And honestly, I haven't really even thought about that aspect. I'm sure it takes the right associate because you're going to have some that really don't care, you know, about what's going on in the office. I'm here (laughs) to drill and fill and you figure out the rest, but the right associate having that other set of eyes to, you know, it's just like walking in someone's house. I walk in my house every day. I'm like, oh, it's decorated nice, smells good, looks clean. <laughs> Someone else walks in like, oh, that picture looks stupid. <laughs> well, it, you know, it's, it's, I want her to have, I want her to feel like we are partners in the office in dentistry because we are. We're taking care of the same set of patients. We're working together to take care of cases. I've always wanted her and told her to be comfortable with filling me in on, Hey, you know, I'd like to change the way we're doing this with the assistants or whatever it is in the office. Um, and I think you can empower an associate like that, not to help you manage the office necessarily, but like to give feedback and work together. Mm -hmm. I don't think you should be hiring somebody or, you know, I don't think you should accept an associate who is just coming in, drilling, filling, leaving, not making any sort of effort to cultivate a relationship with the team and, and with the patients. It's got to be a two-way street, and it's got to be the right right person as well. Absolutely. Um, how has this recent experience in your practice with this associate um, helped your coaching? You know, with your clients and just seeing that different aspect and adding a different facet, you know, to what you can offer. Yeah, not just with the associate, but just with the team team stuff in general that we've been talking about, something that's very interesting to me working with other doctors is that no matter what stage of practice we're in, a lot of the time we are all going through the same exact things. Having the perspective of living through a practice that's gone from zero to where it's at now and everywhere in between, I found to be very beneficial working with clients. I've, I've been in the shoes of being almost a million dollars in debt and day one of a practice, you know, and then to now be where, where our practice is at now. But something I found to be very common when I start working with clients is that they just don't have the right people in place around them. 
that can happen for a number of different reasons. It could be staff left over from an acquisition or transitioned over. That's pretty common. It could be could be due to poor leadership skills or just bad hiring. But whatever it may be, getting those people in place is often the most important thing. Like I said, we're all going through this right now, and, and you're going to constantly go through it in in ownership. You, you, you'll get a team at some point. The goal should be having a team that's in place and they're happy and they're there long term. But life happens. You know, things things may change over time. And I know that it's becoming more and more difficult to find good team members in, in today's hiring uh, climate as well. I agree with that. You know, when I start off with clients, it almost always, you know, unless there's some big gaping hole or an acute issue, we have to remedy right away. It almost always starts with having the right team in place. And sometimes they have them already, or maybe it takes us six months to really get them in place. But until we have that right team, we're really usually limited in terms of what we can do in terms of growth and systems. And right now, even though I think it has improved slightly this year or last few months, the game has changed. You know, there are fewer people out there, at least it appears that way. And the ones out there want more money. But that doesn't mean we just go into it waving the white flag saying, oh, crap, can't find the right team. It just means we've got to put in more effort in this area for this time period. Maybe it'll be forever. Maybe it'll get back to normal somewhat. Who knows? But there's always challenges, whether it's 2023 or 2000, or 1965. Everyone's <laughs> got their challenges for that time. For sure. Not to go off on a tangent, but I saw a great Twitter thread where um, it was someone uh, highlighting all the times in American history where people have said, uh, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> and it went back to, I mean, the 1800s newspaper articles where to some degree, at any time in history, someone is exclaiming, People don't want to work anymore. <laughs> so sure, the, the the labor market has shifted a bit. And for the record, I'm all for that. I yeah. I I believe in an abundance mindset. And you know, I'm all for the recent increases in wages across the board. I don't love that it's tougher to find people, but um, you know, I want my team members, if they're good at what they do, to make what they're worth. And I want them to to share in the success of the practice, which is why we try to pay very competitively and have great incentive-based bonuses and benefits. But I think now more than ever, hiring in a dental office, it, it's hard work, but it requires patience as well. It can take a long time to get job applications. And that's dependent on where you're at as well, your location. And, and I'm, living, I'm living that right now, looking for a third hygienist. We've had applications and we've decline them because we're waiting for the right fit. Sometimes you almost have to take one step back to take two steps forward, right? Mm -hmm. And I could get anybody, any old person in the office and probably see more hygiene patients and increase profitability, but I don't think that's the right long-term move necessarily. Yeah. So I, I don't believe in jumping at the first resume that crosses your desk just because you're glad to have someone. I think you still need to have some patience. Like the saying goes, always be hiring. You never know when someone's going to sub in your office and say, hey, this place is awesome. I, I'd like to work here. Or you may reconnect with somebody that you've you know, been in touch with. Yeah. And I would also throw in there, when you do find someone good, don't wait. I 
I can't tell you how many times in the last 18 months I've talked to a doc and they're like, yeah, I finally just had a good interview. Just got two more interviews next week and then I'll make a decision. They get through those interviews. Then they call the good one back and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Those good ones are getting picked up quick. Mm-hmm. So if you find someone good, jump on it, do what you got to do. You got to pay an extra dollar an hour, you know, even over the high prices to lock them in. Do what you got to do because at the end of the day, the right people can make or break you. For sure. And I think that's where we offer a ton of value because you can get that analysis paralysis very easily. My perspective is that you just have to strike the balance between accepting what the labor market is like in your area and knowing what you want or expect out of your team. Like I said, that's where coaching can be beneficial to you or I from an outside perspective, helping a, helping a client, the necessary decisions can become a lot more clear than when you're inside the practice each day. But when the right people are in place and they're on your side and you're all rowing the boat in the same direction, that's when things can really blossom. And that's when things feel like they're easy, right? Right. It's always a nice season when they feel like that for a little bit. Mm, I know. I know. Um, Nirvana. You know, kind of being, getting in there, getting in the trenches, getting dirty with the clients that you have currently. Any other recent trends you're seeing is you're working with more and more docs? Yeah, honestly, the things, the thing that sticks out the most to me um, lately is how, how easy it can be for all of us, but, but clients I work with to get caught up in a very narrow perspective. You know, dentistry and, and ownership is extremely isolating and it's just you and no one else. And you've got to pull all the levers and push all the buttons yourself. Sometimes that can be extremely difficult and the different choices can be paralyzing. For example, I have one doctor, super talented, bright guy. He recently bought a practice that is doing a ton of hygiene. Uh, The doctor was doing a ton of hygiene and he doesn't have a hygienist. And he is, as a result, doing a ton of hygiene. Due to some past experiences he's had with hiring current team members, encouraging him otherwise, He has been very hesitant to hire a hygienist. And as we talked about with the job market, it's just, it's just not easy. People just don't fall into your lap and yet he wants to grow and that's his goal. So it's almost like the self-limiting mindset that's been preventing, preventing him from growing together. We've established what needs to happen. And I think it's given him a lot more clarity. For instance, how do we implement a hygienist to get you out of the hygiene chair and freed up to do more dentistry? But more importantly, how do we improve your leadership skills and your hiring skills to find the right fit and make sure this goes well for everyone as your team grows? Sometimes that can be very difficult to do yourself. He, mm-hmm. he was almost jaded from a, a prior experience with hygiene and a hygienist saying, well, I'm just going to try to do as much of this myself until I can anymore. But yet he had zero energy at the end of the day, zero energy to do actual dental treatment because of what he was doing in the practice with all this hygiene. Working together has allowed him to start kind of breaking out of those self-limiting shackles a bit. And he's a great guy and I know he's going to crush it, but it, it probably wouldn't be happening without an outside perspective. I know it wouldn't because he was just sort of paralyzed with with his indecision. Yeah. And it's easy to do. Been there, done that, you know, and the older I get, the more I feel like life is a series of 
breaking through glass ceilings in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with that in in different areas, whether it be health or finances or whatever it is. I mean, it's just like we get like we get this notion in our head, like, oh, that would be good. Then we get mm-hmm. there, and like, okay, that doesn't have to be the end all be all. Maybe it will be, but it doesn't have to be. Perspective, all that to say perspective is good and a lot of times it needs that push like hey look what's on the other side here yeah you do bust through this wall yeah i compare it to like walking through a jungle and you're kind of like clawing your way through all this brush and you can't see a foot in front of you Mm -hmm. and then you emerge into an area that's clear right and you're like wow look at all this that i can see now you know i i can see what's in front of me and then where do i go from here and then you go right back into the jungle, right? And and so you're just continually moving through these phases in in your career and your life where you're pushing through, you're pushing through, and then all of a sudden, boom, you break through that glass ceiling or you emerge and you can see what you've been seeking. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it's it's like that in, you know, hobbies, sport, career, life. I mean, it's 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 everywhere. Coaching is just like that. Someone right behind you giving you that little push through mm-hmm. that jungle. I always, you think of the jungle, I think of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yes. Well, that's a good one. Where he doesn't see that, uh, the bridge until uh-huh. he takes that step and there it is. I love so, a good analogy. I know you do too. Yeah. I love analogies and I love Harrison Ford. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so what's the rest of this year look like for you? What do you have going on? Where do you go from here? Yeah, well, honestly, I'm I'm just getting so much satisfaction out of coaching, and I think the satisfaction comes from the same type of satisfaction that clients get, and and the same type of benefit they get from coaching. Where y- you're working together with somebody, uh, you know, the the career we've chosen, like I said, it's just it can be really isolating, and so when you've got someone on your team, even just working together having another voice in your life. Um, it, it's just so rewarding. I remember distinctly when I worked with you pretty close to when you started TLP, yep. it's doing fine, but it was just so lonely and our relationship and just how you helped me. And, and you made me realize that like I could do what I was trying to do, um, with some guidance. It was just, it was the best. So you know, that's, that's the satisfaction I'm getting now. And the rest of the year will be striking a balance between that and still being active in my practice. My biggest thing is, is still wanting to have the time and energy to invest into my clients and into the areas of my life that I care about. So when it comes to coaching, that's meant not working with every single person right now. It's meant finding the right fits for, for me and for TLP and our philosophy and, and working with those that are truly ready to change their lives and their practices. And I know we're all pumped. I'm excited about the the TLP mastermind that we just announced with Derek leading our first group. I think everyone's going to really enjoy what we have in store for that as well. It's going to be good. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited about that. And then besides that, uh, my wife and I are hoping to grow our family whenever we receive that blessing. So uh, it's just enjoying time with her in the summer and, and enjoying the things outside the office as well that bring me fulfillment. As I go on 
now through life, I, I want to help others reach that same sense of fulfillment as well. Yeah, I agree. That's for me, of all the things I've done as far as quote work or career coaching, when you have those clients that get it and you see things change and you see the clicks and the light bulbs going off and you see their life change and you see how it affects their family. And I mean, for me, honestly, and I'm not just BS for you that are listening out there, that has brought me the most fulfillment of anything I have done career-wise in my life. That and um, the new Indiana Jones that's coming out next month are <laughs> both equal. The same. So Love it. All right. Um, that's a good time to wrap when we start yeah, talking about movies. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Matt, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Enjoy letting the listeners get to, to see the different aspects of you and what you can bring to the table. It's been great having you as part of TLP. So if any of you out there listening or want more info on what we offer, whether TLP Academy or Coaching 101 or the Mastermind Group, you can reach out to any of us, Justin. Steve, Derek, Matt at the lifestylepractice.com. And thank you guys for tuning in. If you liked it, leave us a review. If you don't like it, don't leave us anything. But we appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, everybody. I, I just want to say thank you for believing in us and being a part of the community that, that we've built around TLP. It's awesome to have you all. It's awesome to get emails and, and notes on, on how you're doing. And, uh, just a note for, for TLP Mastermind as well. Um, as of recording this, I think we've got three seats left for TLP Mastermind yes. for the first edition. So once those are full, it's full. So if you want to sign up, if you want more information, Derek's leading the first edition. Um, you can reach out to him, Derek at thelifestylepractice.com or uh, visit the website, check on the work with us tab, and you can get some more information on that too. But uh, appreciate all of you. We'll talk to you again soon. Cheers.